Good afternoon. Welcome to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We look forward to having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. This afternoon's episode is titled, God Has No Grandchildren. It will be focused on a study of Joshua chapter 5. Before we go any further, we'll begin with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and it's incredibly humbling to be before you today. We pray, Father, as we realize how you were with Joshua and how he even saw your invisible form, how you told him you're the captain of the Lord's hosts. Father, we have complete faith in you, knowing that you are the one leading your own church. Father, help us to open up, may you open our hearts that we may hear from you today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Joshua chapter 5. Chapter 5. And it came to pass, when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their heart melted. Neither was their spirit in them any more because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said unto Joshua, Make these sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. And Joshua made him sharp knives, and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. For the children of Israel walked forty years in the wilderness, till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed, because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord sware that he would not show them the land which the Lord sware unto their fathers that he would give us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. And their children, whom he raised up in their stead, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised, because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass, when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode in their places in the camp, till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Wherefore the name of the place is called Gilgal unto this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, and kept the Passover on the fourteenth day of the month, at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after the Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morrow after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more, but they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him, and said unto him, Art thou for us, or for our adversaries? And he said, Nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord am I now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth, and did worship, and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, It Wasn't So From the Beginning. 
This was preached in 1960 on March the 6th. We'll begin at paragraph 28 up to paragraph 48. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. That's what we need back to the beginning. Jesus said it wasn't so from the beginning. Jesus also said in that day, he said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. I am the vine. Now listen, friends, you are grapes. You're a great man here that raises grapes and whatever you raise. If a vine goes forth and the first branch that comes out of that vine bears grapes, the second branch will bear grapes, the third branch will bear grapes, and every branch that comes out of that vine will bear grapes. Right? Because it's a great vine. And if the first church that come out of that vine was a Pentecostal church that wrote a book of Acts behind it, the second church comes out to do the same thing in the third church. And every church that rises out of that vine will be a Pentecostal church with the same signs and wonders that the first vine produced, or the first branch produced. It'll be that Pentecost. Every church that rises out of that vine will be a Pentecostal church. Now that sounds strange, but you know there's a lot of old things goes on along the vine that doesn't produce vines, doesn't produce branches, rather. Now there's a, a Jewish Pentecostal branch come out of that tree or, or that vine on the day of Pentecost. And we're at the end of the road now. The Gentile branch that comes out of that tree will have a Pentecostal experience. Oh, God, I wish I could crush that in the heart. I wish I had... Something or other that I could show the people that the first branch out of the vine bore Pentecostal evidence. The second branch will bear Pentecostal evidence. Ooh, there you are. Back to the beginning. Back to where it started from. That's the reason today that through traditions and so forth we explain the way all the supernatural. That the Holy Ghost come, fell upon the people. They began speaking with tongues. The people made fun of them, called them holy rollers, and cast them out to one side. They kept growing, growing. What's it coming to now? Greater things than this. Divine healing services started. Then the angel of the Lord come in, manifesting the spirits of the gifts, revealing back again the very same spirit that was in the church at the beginning, that knew the secrets of the heart and could speak it out, which was the sign of the Messiah. The Bible said so. The Bible declares it. And if that was the sign of the Messiah at the beginning, it's the sign of the Messiah at the end. Oh, if you could see it, let him that has ears hear. He that has eyes see. If it was so at the beginning that Jesus Christ made himself known to the last age of the Jews and the Samaritans by a Messiah's sign, that same sign will take place at the end of the Gentiles. Because it's another branch out of the same vine. While the life in the vine produces grapes, the second branch will produce grapes. Now you can draft something in there. You can take a draft and put it in there. It'll never bear the life of the vine. Right. No, sir. The life of the vine is grapes. It'll bear grapes. Everyone it produces. Everyone it produces will bear grapes. Man can draft anything in there. That's what's the matter today. We've drafted too much man-made doctrine. We've got wild boards and everything else in it. But when the body itself puts forth a branch, it'll be a Pentecostal branch. Who the Holy Ghost doing the same time in one 
Sunday that they did at the beginning. Some of my church doesn't believe in that. It wasn't so at the beginning. My church don't believe in shouting. It wasn't so at the beginning. My church don't believe in speaking in tongues. It wasn't so at the beginning. My church don't believe in water and mercy. It wasn't so at the beginning. All these great doctrines and fundamentals that the Bible teaches, it was so at the beginning, and every branch that comes forth out of that vine, it'll be the same thing today. If the branch comes out of the vine, it's been brought out by the vine. You got some man-made branches. You see that around here today. They'll grasp the tree. Put off something on one and grasp on your others. That ain't what that tree produced. It's just giving enough for us to hold on. But it isn't the original fruit from the tree. But when that tree puts forth a branch, it'll be like the first one it puts forth. And when the church puts forth another church, it'll be a Pentecostal church with the signs of the Acts and the Apostles doing the same thing with the same Jesus, working the same because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. A Pentecostal branch. Filled with the Holy Ghost, signs and wonders of the resurrection. Great things taking place among them. They you know that God in the last days shall do exploits. Yes, we're at the end time. What's the matter with the world? I might close in saying this. What's wrong with the world? It reminds me of something that happened here a few months ago in the city of Louisville, Kentucky, just across the river from where I live. There was a lady who had a little baby. Oh, I guess the little fellow was about three or four years old. And she was taking him into a 10 cent store. Walking along there, and she'd pick up something and say, Look at you, sweetheart, look at you. And the little baby would just stare. Then he picked up something else and said, Look at you, dear. And the little baby just stared. The people, she got murdered. The people began to watch her, the people that was in the store, watching her singer. She'd go from counter to counter and pick up something and say, Look, honey, does mommy's little boy see this? He just sat and stared. And after a while, she picked up a little bell, she'd pick up a little trinket. And so forth, just like a little boy that age ought to be attracted by. And she'd shake him. Finally, she picked up a little bell and she shook it. And he just stared. Said, Don't you hear that, honey? Look at you, Mama's daughter. Look, see that? And the little boy just stared and she fell across the counter and said, Oh, no, 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 it isn't so. And some of the people ran around to find out what was the matter with the woman. And when they did, ran around to see what was the matter with her. Come to find out that. The little boy had just been to the doctor, and something had happened to him, and he'd lost all interest if anything like a little boy should at that age. He just sat staring in space. Something mentally had happened to him, and he didn't pay any attention to things that was uh, brought to him, like a boy ought to look at it at that age. And she said the doctor said he's better, but he isn't. That's what's the matter a whole lot like the church today. God has tucked the church in his arms. And he shook an old Robert, a Connie Osborne, a Connie Hicks, many other gifts and wonders as he shook before the eyes of the people. And they who claimed to be religious, and they sat and stared, and acted like they didn't even pay any attention to it. There's something literally wrong with the church. Something's wrong. God just plays his gifts. They walk out to um, mental telepathy. Oh, they're just putting on their speaking in tongues. There's nothing to it. See people shouting and praising God, the tears running down their cheeks. Oh, she's just worked up. There's nothing to it. See, 
A church ought to be paying attention to that. A Christian, because it's written in the Word. They did that at the beginning. There's something wrong with the church. Something wrong with the people. Something wrong with the nation. We ought to go back to the beginning. Go back to where we left Jesus. Go back where the church left him at. The church left him at the Pentecostal feast. Like the mother and then. Like Mary did, like Joseph did, they were good people, but they left Jesus at Pentecost. People there are fine people, religious people, but they're leaving Jesus at Pentecost. They're afraid of it. They won't take a hold of it. It's a shame to think of it, but just the same, God is here. The Pentecostal blessing is here. No matter how much they try to explain it, God goes right on giving them the Holy Ghost who believes in it, showing his signs and wonders, so at the day of his judgment, he will not be responsible. But we'll be responsible for not taking heed to what he has showed us by his word and by his spirit. That is true. God is here now. There's no reason for sick people to be lingering any longer. There's no need for people to be uh, uh, sitting in wheelchairs, laying in cots and, and uh, mutes and so forth. God is here. God is here. The power of the Holy Ghost is here. The same Jesus that performed wonders at the beginning is here. Because he said, well, why are the people still laying sick? There's many laid sick in his days, too. He passed through by the pool of Bethesda. There were a great multitude, many, two or three thousand people, perhaps, laying around there, lame, blind, halt, and withered. He went right through that audience till he found a man laying on a pallet. And he knew that he had been in this condition for so many years. And he said, sir, would you be made whole? He said, I have no one to put me in the water. He said, take up your bed and go into your house. Jesus was questioning, no doubt, why well, didn't he have arrest them? He said, Very, very I say unto you, the son can do nothing in himself but what he sees the father doing. There's many people sick. The day that the woman pressed through the crowd and touched his garment, there might have been hundreds of sick people standing around there, but she touched him with a touch that brought God there on the scene for her. That was God at the beginning. That's God today. He cannot bear it. He's the same God. He heals by faith. That's the way he said it at the beginning. That's the mark he laid down. Not by your salvation, not by your goodness, not by your money, not by your affiliation to church, but by your faith. That's what it is. If you can believe it, he'll make himself known that he's here. He'll make himself known that he's alive. He'll make himself known that he's the God of Pentecost. He'll make himself known in his church that he's Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever. But he'll never touch you until you touch him first. That's right. He'll show himself, but you've got to do it. Amen. Do you believe that? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, my words might be as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal, but one word from you, Lord, has changed the whole scene. Let it be known tonight, Lord, that these broken up words are truth. I pray that you'll bring them together in some way and sink them into the hearts of the people and let them know that you're still Jesus tonight, the great Son of God who walked through Galilee and never made no respect a person, but whosoever had faith to touch you, whosoever had faith was healed. Multitudes you passed by and you never received healing because they did not believe it. But those, when you went into your own country, many mighty works you could not do because of their unbelief. So is it tonight. That's the way it was at the beginning. That's the way it is tonight. But you walked through the people and showed the people that you was the Messiah when you told Peter who he was, what his name was. He knew you right quick that you were the Son of God. When he told Philip, Nathaniel, 
down to the Bible, the Samaritan woman, and many others. We're told in the Bible that the Word of God, which is Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwell among us. The Word, Jesus, is sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the thunder and the marrow of the bone, and a discerner of the thoughts of the heart. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, God of heaven, seeing the evening shadows falling, the time coming close at hand. And you're so gracious, Lord. Let people see tonight that you are gracious. You're full of love and full of mercy and full of compassion. And now let these people who are blessed by receiving your Holy Spirit, these who are blessed to feel the call of God in their life, I pray, Father, that you'll give them faith to press in now and touch the garment of him, the high priest that sits at the right hand of God in the heavens, ready to be touched, holding out not only his garment but his hand to take every thinking person tonight as without hope and give them mercy and heal their bodies. Grant it, Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. My watch didn't go off. I had it set for 20 minutes, but I ran a little bit about 25 minutes. But I didn't mean to keep you so long, but do you believe that message is the truth? Do you believe it? Back to the beginning. Back to the beginning. If somebody says, I don't believe in the divine healing, you say, was it so from the beginning? I don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't so from the beginning. I don't believe in divine healing. It wasn't so from the beginning. Or in the beginning they believed in and the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They believed in speaking in tongues. They believed in all the spiritual gifts. Paul wrote them in the book of Corinthians and set the church in order. That's the way it was at the beginning. That was the will of God at the beginning. He's the infinite God who cannot change. If that was his will at the beginning, that's his will tonight. Anything contrary to that is he. And there are men perverting the commandments of God. Then we wonder, where is that spiritual church today? Where is that church that rocked the world at the beginning? What's the matter? I heard an order to dance just not long ago. Saying I went into a city and held a revival. In there we claimed 30,000 converts in six weeks. He said, I went back in another year. We couldn't find 30 of the 30,000. He said, what's the matter? Two lazy preachers. Sit with your feet up on the desk and don't go out and see the people. Oh, how he did burn them up. I thought, sir, that's true, a lot of it. But I want to ask you something. You said Paul went into a city and had one convert, went back the next year and he had 30 from that one. What did Paul do? He led them to the fountain. Not just by shaking hands and putting your name on the book. Not by making some kind of confession and promising you'll do better, but stay there until you are dead and your life is getting God through Christ and sealed by the Holy Ghost. The fire of God is burning that heart for you, Miss. When you, uh, if a person will accept Christ on those bases now, I'll come back here a year from now, I'll have great, 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 great grandchildren off of that. Right. Hey! Want to get another, 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 step like that. But what you've got to do first is come close enough. The world's trying to live tonight on a painted bar. They're trying to live, trying to get warm by a painted bar. You can't do that. You paint a picture of fire and say, oh, sir, go down and get warm. That paint won't warm you. You've got to have a living fire today. Not go back and say they had a great church one day and a great church back there. We will need a great church today because he's still a great God looking for our great people. That is with all their hearts. They'll forget their creeds and so forth and 
serve God. If you're Methodist, they're Methodist. But get the Holy Ghost. As Brother David Duplicer says, God don't have any grandchildren. He doesn't. God has altogether sons and daughters. No grandchildren is right. Yes, sir, if you're a Methodist and a son of God, amen. If you're a Methodist, the church joining your grandfather and not recognizes God. If you're a Pentecostal church joiner because your daddy was Pentecostal, you're a Pentecostal, you're a grandfather and not a son. But if you're born to the Spirit of God, God don't have grandchildren, you're right, Brother Duplicis. You don't have any grandchildren. You're sons and daughters of God or you're not even in the family. God doesn't recognize them. Not because your father was something, it's part of you. Every man's got to be born again. And this sinful nature killed in him. And a new man born in him, which is Christ Jesus, the Son of God. Then you surrender yourself completely to Christ. And Christ comes in and writes the book of Acts to you. Ah, I know that's the truth, my friend. Ah, I know it's the truth. I've said if you can only yield yourself. What did that woman do that he touched his garment? She knew how to yield herself. She touched him by yielding herself. What about the visions on the platform out through there and over the country, wherever it is, just yielding yourself to the Holy Spirit. Get yourself out of the way, your own ideas, and just be led by the Spirit. That's right. As we get towards the end of this episode, we'll end with the word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty word, and we see how, Lord, you do not compromise on your word. All the Israelites had to be circumcised as the covenant you had given them specified. So help us, Father, to have that circumcision of the heart of the Holy Spirit to make us those who are inward Jews. Father, help us to conform to your word, for you said, no man can come to the Father except he draws him. So may you give us a new heart, take away our stony hearts and give us a new heart. Take away our old spirits and give us a new spirit and then give us your spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
In the pearl.